This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hey guys, welcome to a very sexy episode of Blush. I'm Tiffany and I'm here with my co-host Hiva. We are so excited to have Sarah Grace joining us. She talks to us about sex on a deep spiritual level and also gives us so much useful information and tips. So whether or not you have an amazing sex life, good for you, or it's subpar, we promise what she shares is incredibly insightful. So insightful. Also, if you're someone who misses Tiffany and my vagina stories, well, you are in luck because not only do we talk about our vaginas this episode, but we actually get really, really deep and share some really vulnerable things about our own sexual needs and desires and areas where we're struggling Frankly, I can't believe we went there, but here it is. We're just bearing it all for you guys. If you relate to anything we're saying, please, please DM us because it'll make me personally feel so much better. Also, don't forget to check the show notes for more information and also to submit to our giveaway All you have to do to enter the giveaway is either write a review or share this episode with a friend or share it in your stories and tag at BlushPod. Although I do emphatically encourage you to leave us a five-star review and tell us how you liked this episode. It really, really helps us. So if you could just take a few minutes to do it, that would be great. And now, without further ado, here's our interview with Sarah Grace. So, Sarah, thank you so much for joining us on Blush. Yeah, I'm so excited to be here. Yeah, we're so excited to have you. It's funny because we were really looking to have someone like a sex coach or just someone who works in the sex space because, you know, like we didn't really want to talk about it. We wanted someone to have some kind of expertise. And then you just happened to slide into my DM. So I was like, wow, thank you universe for that. Um, so can you tell us a little bit about what exactly you do? Yeah. I mean, first I'm so curious what you, what you were curious to talk about and (laughs) I'm really excited to hear your questions, but so I'm a somatic intimacy coach. So basically what that means is people come to me with anything having to do with sex, intimacy, relationships, sometimes spirituality, or just like any, if they feel a call to me. But my specialty is in sexuality and relationships. And they come to me and I try to really approach whatever is happening with them in a really holistic way, right? I went to school for human sexuality and the way I learned in college was very like science-based psychology, right? Like public health kind of like STIs, (laughs) anatomy. And when I left college, 
I really dove into the erotic mysteries and learned how to combine my spiritual practices with the importance I put on sexuality in relationships, right? And so people come to me when they really feel like they want that in their life, like something more having to do with relationships and sex to go deeper, to feel, to feel more, to have deeper intimacy, you know? So that's what I do. Yeah. Do you get couples or single people typically? I get couples and single people. Um, Most of my, mostly singles, but definitely I love working with couples. I just, I have one couple that I see right now regularly, but mostly it's singles and I've been mostly working with women recently and I'm really excited because I've been doing more programs like deep journeyings with groups of women Mm -hmm. and women's circles. And that's kind of what I'm trying to go deeper into because it's my, my heart's calling, you know? (laughs) I love that. Um, What are common, I don't want to call it problems, but common complaints that uh, your clients tend to have? And it's okay if you can't answer that question. A lot of, People have been coming to me recently, a lot of women who have been, you know, dealing with sexual trauma and wanting to feel more pleasure in their bodies. And and also a lot of women have been coming to me who just want, like, there's something missing in their spiritual life, in their relational life. Men as well, you know, there's something missing. They don't know what it is. Yeah. When you say missing, do you mean like lack of partners, lack of orgasms? Like what is it or all of the above? (laughs) Sorry. That's just how I talk. I'm not the best at using my words, which is why I have a podcast. So, (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. What do you think they're lacking in that sense typically? Hmm. I mean, I would throw that question back at you. Like even if you have, you know, like you're dating people if you have great sex do you ever feel there's like something missing like some kind of like really deep experience or connection or anything that you don't know how to explain yeah I think and I think a lot of women would potentially maybe agree is emotional intimacy like it's not just sex but like feeling really emotionally connected and uh I don't know. I feel like if I was having sex with women, it would be a lot easier. But I think with a man, (laughs) I've never had sex with a woman, but just gut instinct tells me it would be a lot easier. But I think with men, it's like, it just, I don't know. I don't think it's as easy necessarily. What do you think, Kiva? Does that kind of speak to you? Um... He was like, I'm connected to everyone emotionally. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> oh, I mean, I'm just trying to decide how deep into my personal <laughs> stuff we're going to go right now. <laughs> you bet- I went deep. You better go deep. I'm also speaking on, I think, a lot of women that I've just spoken to in terms of like a common sort of, not complaint, but like just, you know, like, oh, I don't feel really connected. I'll just go into my shit because... <laughs> I guess this is what we're going to do. I can't believe I'm about to share this. Uh, What I really struggle with, and, you know, I have a wonderful partner who's amazing, and this isn't really a him thing at all. It's a problem I've always had is being present during intimacy. And I struggle with this, frankly, even by myself. 
So, and I mean, not like, I think I do a pretty good job of being present in my day-to-day life. I, you know, meditate a lot. I was about to say I masturbate a lot. I meditate well, a lot too. I mean, I do that too. But it's like, even if I'm masturbating, I'm not like present with myself and my body. And now that I'm dating someone who I am so like emotionally connected to, I would like to be more present in our intimacy. And it's something that I just find incredibly difficult. Thank you for sharing that. I mean, I think you both spoke to really key pieces, you know, like one, wanting to feel emotionally connected during sex, like in our relationships, like moving from the surface level deeper than that, right? That's a key piece. And the second one, like presence, how can I bring presence to my intimate relationships? How can I bring presence during sex and not just try to get to an orgasm or, you know, think about if they're going to get to an orgasm, like how can we treat it more like a dance instead of a race? And same with our relationships. Are we trying to make someone else? That was good. Treat it like a dance, not a race. Yeah. Same with dating, right? Like I feel like as women, especially, oh, what is this going to become? Are we going to, how can I make them my partner? What's our future going to look like? Are they going to text me again? And when we do that, we're not actually seeing the person in front of us, right? We're not connecting with them. If we don't feel like someone is emotionally connecting to us, if we don't feel like someone's not being present with us, most of the time it's because we're not emotionally connecting to ourselves, to that person. We're not being present with them. We're not really seeing the person in front of us. We're just seeing them for what they could give us, who we think they are, you know god that's so true it is always our fault yeah (laughs) (laughs) i love that so how do you how do you think with like hiva's situation is there (laughs) i'm not what are you thinking about when you're having sex that you're not president president like vegan food like what's going on (laughs) in that (laughs) it's like if i want to have an orgasm i have to like like kind of disconnect and have my own kind of fantasy going on. So there are times where I'm like, oh, this is like great. And I'm really connecting here. And I'm like, well, I either stay here and stay present or, and I don't have an orgasm or if I want to have an orgasm, I have to like disconnect. You think of that Harry Potter character that you think is serious black. So how does he but not think of Sirius Black from Harry Potter and be in the moment? <laughs> you guys are so adorable. Aw, it's so nice to see like female friendship. I don't know. Makes me so happy. <laughs> but, hmm. I mean, right now, right? Like even anyone listening, like if you have a vulva, <laughs> is it okay if I guide you through something very quickly? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that would be great. You can even close your eyes, right? Close your eyes. Forget that you're recording a podcast in this moment. Just focus on the black behind your eyelids. Right? And feel your internal world, right? Your internal labyrinth. Forget your identities. Forget where you are, what you should be doing. Right, and we're just with the darkness, right? Noticing if there's any feeling there, 
like any anxiety, tightness in your chest, or maybe some relief. Anything is so perfect. Not judging what's there. You can even put a hand on your chest. That really helps. Or your womb, your belly. And yeah, just start breathing. Allow your belly to soften and relax. And just paying attention to your breath, following it as it goes in and out. And then just relaxing your genitals, relaxing your whole lower body. So your belly's relaxed, your genitals relax, your whole lower body's relaxed. And just feel your breath, all your awareness just start to drop from the top of your body, from your head. Start to drop down, soften your heart. Right, down even more. Feeling it in your belly. And then feel it in your pussy if you can. Just feeling all your awareness drop and just hang in your lower body. Ah. You can even let out some noise if you want and just feel what it's like to have your awareness down in your lower body. Right. And just feel the deep mystery of your internal world. Right? It's so mysterious. <laughs> it's a complete mystery. It's like infinite darkness going inward. Right? Maybe it feels like a deep, vast, dark ocean, just feeling like what does your inner feminine mystery feel like to you? What is the essence of it? And we really can get a sense of that, right? When we bring our mind down into our lower body. Right? And then this is an example of just what you can do in intimacy. You can start to open your eyes. It's just enter inward. <laughs> it's interesting. I really enjoyed that. I don't have a being present issue when I have sex, but I'm also typically drunk and I think that helps me focus a lot. So, but it was very tough for me. Sorry. It was very tough for me to be present in that moment though with myself. It was very self-soothing, but I actually realized I think another th reason maybe why I'm present is when someone else is involved. But I think if I'm just still with myself, that's really hard. I mean, if you spend your whole life, all of your, as soon as you wake up till the moment you go to bed, if it's always external, it's like doing work, talking to a friend, looking at your phone. If it's always outside, if all your awareness is always outside of you, of course it's going to be difficult to take even a moment to be inward with yourself. It's important to spend more time doing that, you know? Yeah, no, for sure. I loved it. Hiva, how did that feel for you? It felt really, really nice. Is that something I could maybe start implementing like before getting intimate? I would just start doing that throughout your entire day. Oh, okay. So even, yeah, I can do that. Even right now as I'm talking to you, I'm I'm making sure is my belly relaxed? Is it hanging? Or am I tightening and sucking it in like we're taught to do? Right? So that keeps mm -hmm. our energy up in our heads. Right? It doesn't mm -hmm. allow our energy to drop. Is my yoni relaxed right now? Is my anus relaxed? Like 
Am I breathing deeply? Am I allowing my energy to drop as I talk to you? It's it's a 24-7 thing. <laughs> it's just your yeah. practice. And then once we enter sex, we're already in that state. You know? He was just going to be constantly doing this from here on out, just 24-7, oh loosening up her anus and her loosening up her stomach. No, but it's, I really it's beautiful. clench so much. As you said that, I was like, whoa. <laughs> You're like, I'm clenching right now. Uh, all the time. Yeah, all I do the too. Time. I probably will have an easier time peeing now. I have like <laughs> pee issues. I talk about it a lot on this podcast. I have a, like, I, have, I get like pee anxiety. I have a hard time peeing when I need to. But it's probably because I'm just clenching all the time. Do you have a tight jaw? Do I have a tight jaw? Oh my God, yeah. So that's directly connected to your yoni, right? Mm. So if you feel like you want to relax your yoni, I would suggest like loosening your jaw, relaxing your inner throat, relaxing your tongue, right? Because mm. it's directly connected. Like science proves this. It's not like a, even a spiritual thing or anything. Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. I love that. And you're right on the clenching. Everyone that's listening, just unclench like right now. Because I clench my stomach. I clench all parts of my body. My back is super clenched. I don't even know why. I love what you said also about sucking our stomachs in. We really have been conditioned to always, you know, as women, especially I would say to be sucking in all the time. And, and yeah, that does constrict things so much. And I think also there's a difference between having poor posture and not sucking in, right? Like you can have good posture and stand up straight, but not suck in. And I think, I, I don't know, I, I at least I feel like growing up, for me, it was, they're the same thing. Like you have to suck in your belly to have good posture, which isn't the same thing, right? No, I mean, I never even think about that. That's really interesting. <laughs> I think what's coming to me to share is like, maybe your audience is hearing like, why should I not suck in? Like, it's good to have a flat stomach, mm-hmm. right? And it's like, mm-hmm. I'm so passionate about, you know, informing women. We've been taught and conditioned so deeply to have a tight stomach, to have a tight yoni, to have a tight heart, right? To not express our emotions. And all of those things are killing our intimacy. All of those things are killing our intimacy. When we have a tight, we don't want a tight vagina. (laughs) We want a strong, relaxed vagina. Keyword relax. You can work on strong later after you've relaxed, (laughs) you know, but we don't, when we have a tight vagina, that means we're not feeling as much pleasure during sex. We're not being able to receive energetically, sexually, or just spiritually from the earth. When we have a tight belly, we're keeping our energy up and we're not being embodied when we have a tight heart we're not expressing and we're not polarizing our partners and we're becoming masculine yeah (laughs) which is not who we are yeah I love that I want to ask a question about the spiritual element I think you know myself and probably a lot of our listeners have been raised in environments where our religious upbringing kind of 
seems counter to sexuality, right? Like sexuality is very taboo in a lot of religions. And, you know, people who grew up in religious households were taught to not talk about sex. Not, I mean, I, my parents aren't even that religious. They are very spiritual, but I remember growing up, like if people were like kissing on TV, my parents would look away, you know, which all like sends messages like this is not okay. Like this isn't good. And as I've gotten older and, you know, gotten into more spiritual things, I've really enjoyed reading and learning about the connection between sexuality and spirituality. So could you talk about that a little bit and how you came to it in yourself and how you implement it in your practice? Yeah, sure. (laughs) Um, I've always been a really spiritual person. I'm like a devout Buddhist. I devout Buddhist. I live at a Buddhist center. I've lived at Buddhist centers for like around a year now. It's always been a big part of my life and always been like a very big truth seeker. And also I've always been a really sexual, sensual person who really cared about relationships. And I would find myself really consumed with men, with relationships and like was the, always seemed to be the most important thing in my life and in my friend's life. And I was really fascinated by that. And I wanted to learn how to incorporate that into my spirituality instead of reject it, right? Because it's an important part of who I am and it's not a bad thing. You know, if you're like a love-driven person, why could that be bad if you just, if you want connection, if you want love, if you want intimacy, that's so beautiful. So how can we find a way to implement that into spiritual practice? And for me, that's really through erotic dance. <laughs> that's <my> oh, <laughs> Ooh. tell us about that. I heard erotic and I was like, okay, let's go there. <laughs> yeah. Well, most people will think about, you know, like strip clubs, kind of erotic dance and there, you know, Uh, you have to honor that because that's really where this kind of practice stems from is from sex work and from you know doing this as a job erotic dance that's how people kind of like at least the people I know who really taught me this art they learned from doing sex work so I just want to honor sex work for a moment you know and but yeah erotic dance is a spiritual practice for me is combining my meditation with dancing erotically. So how that looks is like before when I led you through going inward. So you would move, you play song, a song maybe, and maybe a song that made you feel really in your body and you would enter that inward space, right? So even using blindfolds is great. Just feeling the inward body and then moving, expressing what's inward through your body. So expressing emotion, expressing anything, like it could be one minute you're crying, one minute you're laughing, but you're incorporating the erotic element to it through breathing, sounding, moving. And there are many different ways to do this, like through archetype work, through focusing on different parts of the feminine body, like the breasts or the pussy, you know, or just free moving, right? But it's encouraging sensuality eroticism within the practice to like fully express what's your your inward world outward yeah (laughs) 
I love that. That makes complete sense. It's so funny because you were saying that I always dance. I mean, I don't know if it's like erotic. I think it's more like thoughty than anything when I'm by myself. (laughs) (laughs) But I've just always done this since I was a little girl. And maybe that's why I'm like very comfortable with sexuality because I've just Mm. always been like, you know, twerking in my bedroom by myself. And I'm just saying I I... I obviously was not doing what you're doing. What you're doing is so much more eloquent and beautiful. But I think there, I see where you're coming from because of that personal mm-hmm. connection. Yeah. Kiva, do you not dance around your room like with underwear, like to music? No, I definitely do. And it's something that I always want to do more. And I think the fact that I don't do it more really is kind of a metaphor for a lot of my repressed sexuality also. Mm. Because I also, like you, I mean, I really grew up like so boy crazy, like so consumed, like really, like even as a little kid, I was like, I can't wait to have a boyfriend, like so consumed by it, but grew up in a culture and a household where that was really not okay. And I remember, and I was such a spiritual little kid too. And I was like, how how can these two things be at such conflict? Like, how can I so deeply want this thing and also be so spiritual, but be told that, you know, this, you know, higher power that I believe in, it doesn't approve of these feelings that I very naturally have. Yeah. And I, I mean, I do think I've worked through a lot of it. And honestly, I think starting this podcast has been tremendously helpful for me where I just, you know, talk about these things so openly. It has really helped me work through a lot of these issues. But I mean, you know, our listeners know I went through a seven year period in my twenties where I was completely celibate. And I don't, you know, I do think it's because I had so many hangups around sexuality and intimacy and, you know, not just sexual intimacy, but all kinds of intimacy. I mean, you know, sometimes celibacy is the cure to that, actually. Because you become mm-hmm. so intimate with your sexuality because you're constantly faced with it. Just you, like as a mirror when you're celibate. I don't know if that was your experience. But my partner, he was a monk before we got together, actually. He was celibate for six years before we got together. And just oh wow, maybe you could talk to him too. But <laughs> he's so he's he came from a really Christian upbringing and a lot of shame around sexuality. And I think it was actually really what he needed, you know, to like mm-hmm. reclaim his sexuality. Celibacy is an expression of sexuality, actually. Mm-hmm. You know, I like that. Yeah, yeah, I like everything that you're saying. I think it's very very relatable and it's like easy stuff to kind of do by yourself like I think sometimes we overthink it when it comes to sex and it's like no you can can just you can just dance and be erotic by yourself and heal a lot yeah and you know what you're doing like that's the practice right like I do that all the time and I consider that my practice like it doesn't have to be so serious all the time like I'll just like work alone and like like party by myself but like sober and dancing you know like as long as it's alone, that's the key piece. You can bring a partner into it later and also doing it around other women is amazing. But as a solo practice, doing it alone is a big piece because you're reclaiming your sexuality for you. It's yours. It's not oh. for men. <laughs> I mean, you can invite I them in that. as a gift, 
as an offering you can show them, but it's not theirs. They don't own it. Yes. Yeah. Ladies, your pussy is a gift. (laughs) Yeah. Men, it's it's a gift. It's an offering. (laughs) It's an offering. Um, I love that. I uh, was planning on meditating when we're done here tonight, and I'm definitely going to incorporate some dance into it. (laughs) Can't wait for that. You mentioned couples. Let's talk about couples. You said you have a couple right now that you're talking with. You don't have to talk about them specifically, but what do you think in general? I don't know. Like couples, I think typically when a couple has been together for a while, there's always, you know, it's always hot and heavy in the beginning. And then eventually there's a disconnect. I think that's the most common couple sex issue, right? How do you work with a couple that's maybe feeling disconnected from each other sexually just because they've been together for a while? Yeah, I mean, relationships are so complex, you know. There's no one size fits all, but sexuality is actually, it can be pretty easy to work out. When things aren't working compatibility-wise, you know, like you're not getting along so well, you're not very, like, that can be hard, (laughs) you know, but sexuality is really just a matter of polarity and speaking your needs. You know, so it's kind of like can be a formula, which is good news. You know, if someone's like your best friend and but you struggle with kind of feeling that sexual connection, then it, it can be pretty easy to fix. So the first thing I would do if that's the case is I would introduce a communication practice. And I learned this from John Wineland, actually. I don't know. We both know him. But um. Yeah, communication practice where you really just start to speak what's going on for you in your relationship. Maybe something the person did that upset you or something that's been happening with you that you've been like, it's been bubbling up or being unsaid. You know, when there's something in a relationship and you just feel there's something being unsaid, like some things that have happened, but it's really getting all of those out. And the partner who's receiving that, really receiving it compassionately. Because if you don't have that, if like there's all this stuff that's built up and no one's saying anything about it, it's really hard to have mind-blowing sex. It's really hard because it's not fresh. That's how you keep a relationship fresh and new. It's by continuously not letting things build up. Yeah. Yeah. And I think you said something really key, whereas your partner has to be compassionate and receptive to what you're saying. Because if they're not, it doesn't really make you feel any better. Yeah, exactly. I mean, and it's about like the practice I'm even thinking of. It's not about even having a conversation about it. It's just about someone speaking what's there for them and the person hearing them and saying, I understand that makes sense. It's just about receiving compassion for it. It's not about going in loops and loops about who's right and who's wrong, because which tends to happen. Because stories are not real. <laughs> I know that, you know, you say that all the tools that we have, we need are within ourselves. Are there any external objects you ever like to work with, like yoni eggs? Like, what's your opinion on things like that? Yeah, I think that's such a good question. Maybe Have you been reading my website, doing research? <laughs> um, no, I love the cervix serpent. I don't know if you've heard of that. It's like this glass wand. It looks pretty intimidating when you look it up, but it's not so intimidating. 
And it's to de-armor your yoni, which means like you would massage your back. Wherever there's tension or numbness, you'd hold down on it and then massage. You do that in your inner yoni, on the walls of your yoni. And this allows a lot more pleasure into your vagina. And it could actually almost feel like a psychedelic because we hold so much intense shit in our vaginas, like all of our trauma, like so much crazy stuff that we can have visions or have really big spiritual experiences when doing this. But And so you'd massage the walls of your vagina and you can use it to activate your cervix as well. So you would go all the way to the deepest part of your yoni with this cervix serpent. And over time, if you keep doing this, then you can have cervical orgasms or really drop into your pussy in a new way. <laughs> wow. All right. Christmas wish list, guys. I think we found our number one <laughs> favorite thing this holiday season. Get it for your bestie. I mean, right? I'm, yeah, I'm ordering one tonight. Okay, I won't get you one. done here, <laughs> I'm ordering one. <laughs> I'm just going to send it to my friends. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Enjoy this cervix rubber thing. <laughs> cervix serpent. <laughs> cervix serpent. Rubber. <laughs> it's not even made of rubber. No, like it's rubbing your cervix. <laughs> no, cervix serpent. I don't know who. Dude, that name is brilliant. Mm-hmm. It's yeah, very, very sex- Slytherin vibes. Yeah, Slytherin, sexy, you know, phallic. It's wonderful. I love the name. Mm, yeah, me and my yeah. partner, we always say we're Slytherin. <laughs> I'm Slytherin. Yes, that's why we're yes. talking about sex right now. <laughs> so, <funny>. <laughs> <laughs> so true. Mm. I always feel like with my sex drive, if I don't feel good about myself, it like goes to shit. Mm-hmm. And it, it's, I don't even, it's not even attached to something specific. It's not like my weight. It's not like, I mean, my face breaking out, which is on a weekly basis. But if I just don't feel good about myself mm. on like a deeper level, then I have zero sex drive. Mm. And I think, I think a lot of women are like this too. What do you, what do you say to that? Like, how do you get past that? Where even if you kind of do feel shitty about yourself for whatever reason to look deeper than that? I mean, I know that's tough, maybe or maybe not. That's something I I really relate to. I deal with as well. Like I, my biggest insecurity is my weight, right? And my weight fluctuates a lot. So if I'm feeling like heavy in my body, then I usually don't want to have sex, and it can be confusing and can hurt, you know, my sex life with my partner. Who does? Who's like you look the same? Like I don't get it, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the guys never care, and I'm every girl's like that. We all struggle with this, and it gets worse because not only have you gained weight, but now you're not having an orgasm. It's like I'm not winning in any department right now. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you guys are so funny. I can't stop laughing this whole time. <laughs> but- so obviously weight looks that like that's a whole nother issue but how if like let's say you have gained weight how can you is there any technique is there anything is it just this the dancing maybe I mean I think I would first address the fact that that's even true for so many women and men as well it speaks to the fact that sex is an internal job Right. Because if it wasn't, if it was all about how sexy your partner is and if they can make you 
or have the best orgasm of your life, then that wouldn't even be an issue. It's 100%. easy to think it's someone else when you only see them maybe once every few weeks, you know, and when you're like feeling your hottest, like all ready for a date, you know, it's easy to be like, they're the best sex ever. But do they, do you see them every single day? When, like even the days where you feel depressed or ugly or, mm-hmm. you know, it's an inside job, right? So yeah. it speaks to yeah. how important it is to do what you need to do to really like take nourish yourself. And we tend to stop doing that so much when we're in relationship and we can't, you know, it's suicide for our relationship because of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I think it's so common to gain weight when you start dating someone and you're in a relationship because men just they'll be like, let's go out to eat, let's go out to eat, let's go out to eat. And the next thing you know, you're like, okay, I just gained 15 pounds. Can we stop going out to eat? And yeah, you're right. It's completely internal, completely. And it's not even, it's not about our weight. That's not no. actually what's happening. You know, it's about us feeling like, oh shit, I haven't been taking care of myself. Yeah. That doesn't feel good. <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's that moment where yeah. you're like, wow, I... I just want to hide away for five days so I can, you know, do my practices and eat right and feel good about myself again. And I don't want you to see me before that happens. But when you're in a relationship, you know, it's actually a beautiful opportunity to allow deep intimacy. To express. To have some solitude. No, yeah. no. To express, like, I feel ugly right now. I don't want you to see me like this. Like, mm. really sh- – Allowing them to see that, not hide away. That's how we create intimacy. Even in your friendships, I'm sure both of you, like the way you got so close is because you're like one day one of you called, the other one is like, I need you. I'm crying, like crying, like I'm so fucked up right now. Like, I don't know what to do. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, like a daily basis thing. It's like what like <laughs> keeps our friendship just growing. It's really the glue that holds it together. It's really daily breakdown. Our whole friendship is essentially. (laughs) No, you're so right, though. And I'm, I don't know if I want to blame this on me being a Capricorn, but sometimes it's really difficult for me to want to open up to my partner and lean on them and say these things because it's like shame. You don't want to seem weak. You're like embarrassed, but you're 100% right. And I mean, obviously, you don't want to throw it on someone that you've been dating for like three hours. But when you're dating someone and it's regular and you feel comfortable, like you have to open up about these things. Mm. I would argue why not show it after three hours? I love that. Date night one. Show up to the date. I feel fat. Or just be like, you know, like, I feel really vulnerable right now. Or like, I'm feeling really self-conscious because I'm like feeling really attracted to you. And I don't know how you feel about me. I did that on a date once. Like, I felt like when I was single, I wasn't going great. And I couldn't tell if the guy was into me. So I was just like, hey, I'm feeling really insecure because I don't know if you're into me. And like, I don't know like you're not giving me any signals and it's I don't know what's going on and it doesn't make me feel good then suddenly they got so into me they were like whoa that's a different side to you I feel so close to you I wasn't into them so (laughs) it really made them like so like whoa that's so hot 
You were like, I love, I love that advice so much. You were like, just kidding, but good to know that that's what <laughs> <Yeah>. works. <laughs> that is the best advice. I love that. Mm. We're so afraid as women of being vulnerable. And it's so funny because we are. I don't know if it's a society thing. I don't know if like we want to be like modern boss bitches, but it's okay. It's mm. totally normal. Me and Hiva cried or vulnerable to each other on a daily basis. <laughs> yeah. It's tougher with men though. I mean, my current partner uh, had listened to the podcast before we went on our first date. So, I mean, he kind of just knew all of my shit from the (laughs) get-go, which just made it so much easier. Yeah, put all your shit out there. It's going to come out anyways. Yeah, exactly. So he just knew what he was getting into, and I never really had to hide anything. I mean, I'm a firm believer in that. Like, me and my partner were best friends for six months before we dated, and He saw all my bullshit and I saw all his bullshit and it just created this like beautiful foundation. And everyone I've dated before that, it was like, I always tried to be perfect for as long as I could. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't sustainable, you know? No. And it's really suffocating because you're trying to be something that you're not. So it's just something we were just touching on. I feel like we live in a hyper masculine energy world. And I know I personally have struggled with this. And I would imagine a lot of our female listeners probably struggle with tapping into your feminine energy. Are there any like easy, accessible tips that you have for that? There's this old Zen story of this monk that went up to this nun and he pulled up, he pulled down his pants and he said, this is infinitely long. And then the nun pulled up her skirt and she said, well, this is infinitely deep. Right. And I just share that story because it kind of makes you think about like, what does it even mean to have a vagina? <laughs> like, What does that mean? Right. And just a good practice is like putting your hand on your yoni once a day and just breathing into her and just like just to start feeling into you know the fact that you have a vagina what does that mean what does Mm -hmm. that mean for who you like being a woman what does it mean Mm -hmm. to be feminine you know what does it mean to have receptive a receptive body to the earth right What does it mean to have like an extension of your heart as your breasts? What does it mean to have like this womb that can create a baby? You know, what is that? Mm -hmm. I would just start questioning that and like, what does it mean to embody being feminine, to embody being a woman? You know, like feel your breasts, feel your yoni, feel your belly. Move with those, sound with them with those parts of you and like be curious you know I've been just saying this mantra over and over again I am feminine I am the divine I am a divine feminine spark like I am she I am woman just to like feel what does that even feel like when I say that to myself you know because it's Mm -hmm. different for every woman and just to be curious about it what does it mean for you to be put on this earth as a divine feminine spark, right? What does it mean for you to have breasts, to have a womb, to have a vagina if you have those, you know? Just be curious. How do you embody that? 
God, I love that so much. I'm like so excited to be a woman right now. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I typically always am, but it feels definitely amplified for sure. So before we wrap up, um, I know you have a workshop coming up. Can you tell us about that? Yeah, sure. So I have, it's an intensive, so it's for six weeks and we meet once a week online on Zoom and it's called Mistress of Movement. And it's about what we spoke about, you know, using erotic dance as a practice to really become in touch with your inner wisdom, your inner feminine ancient wisdom, right? Your body is ancient. It's not yours. It's everyone who's died before you. It's a gift from the earth. And exploring that, you know, through your eros, through your sexuality, through your movement, through going inward. And it's also just like when we do erotic dance, it's it's like, you know, when you meditate for a while and then you stop meditating and you kind of like feel like shit. <laughs> and or when you go to the gym and then you don't for a while and you feel like shit. This is a practice to keep your eros and your juiciness, your sexuality alive. Maybe you notice that you'll randomly feel like, oh, I just don't feel sexy. I don't want to have sex for, you know, a certain amount of time. And it's because you're not maintaining your eros. You're not, you don't have a practice. <laughs> We're not taught to have a practice. We're not taught how to maintain it. So, you know, this program is really to help implement that practice in a deep way, supported by women, guided by someone who's embodied in the practice, which is, as women, we learn through transmission. I learned this practice only through other women who had been doing it for years. We need each other. So mm-hmm. it starts September 5th. And you can find me on Instagram at Sarah Grace Sorceress. And my website is The Sensual Sorceress. You can email me at thewitchesyoga at gmail.com. <laughs> yeah, that's all. I love that. I love yeah. that. We'll put all your info in the show notes so people can easily find you. Yeah, that was so beautiful. Everything you said, I think when you immediately, sometimes when people look at sex therapy, you think it's just about sex, but it's so much deeper. And I love you saying all of this. I think it's absolutely stunning. Thank you. You both were so much fun. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for joining us. And everyone check the show notes for more information. Yeah, thank you, Sarah.